Welcome back to Run Jump Stomp, your thoughts on games. If you want to be part of the show, it's incredibly easy to do. Grab your phone and download the Anchor app. Once you've got it, do a search for Run Jump Stomp, favorite it by hitting the star, and then send a voice message using the voice message button. Remember to keep it short because it's going to cut you off after one minute. I'll get your messages, I'll play them on the show, and we'll talk about video games together. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get started. Hey, Run Jump Stomp. I know I talked to you about this in a previous episode. I just read online that a Nintendogs sequel for Nintendo Switch is in the works. Talk about a coincidence, right? I was wondering if you plan to purchase a game like that, and perhaps what kind of features you would like to see in the sequel. Thanks. That is quite the coincidence that that would be announced right after we talked about that game. Um, Nintendogs and Nintendcats, they never appealed to me. I did buy a copy once and my daughter played with it a lot. Like I remember she would play on her DS in the back of the car and she'd be yelling at her animals because they couldn't like they wouldn't understand her over the noise of driving when the window's down or something like that, which was always kind of funny. But I, I, I've i never been interested in games where your job is to take care of something. Uh, it just seems like a game of chores, and I have enough chores in my life already, so that does not appeal to me. However, I think that it's good that that genre still exists because there are a lot of people out there who really do like that kind of game. And it would be too bad if an entire genre of game disappeared from the face of gaming. So I'm happy that that's coming, although I'm also very skeptical seeing as how this is not made by Nintendo. I really do trust Nintendo to do a good job and this other company that's making, I, I think the game is called Friends, colon, Dogs and Cats, which is probably the least creative name I've ever heard of. But uh, this company that's making it, I, I don't know anything about them. So who knows if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. But all I know is that I'm not going to be buying it. My daughter is in college now and probably is not interested in Nintendogs or Nintendgats style games anymore. My son, you can't tear him away from Battle Royale games, and my niece really doesn't play video games all that much. So uh, for the most part, I think this household is past that point. What about you? Hey, Bill. Joel Mead24 here. First-time caller, long-time listener. I'm sure you've seen the Super Bowl commercial for the Xbox Adaptive Controller. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. More specifically, will Sony and Nintendo end up making their own versions of the adaptive controller so that gamers with disabilities can play awesome AAA titles such as God of War, Spider-Man, Breath of the Wild, Monopoly, Kirby Star Allies, etc., etc.? Thanks for your time. Yeah, that adaptive controller ad, that tugged at some heartstrings, I think. Uh, There were some people who had, uh, you know, their eyes were sweating when watching that. Um, I think that Microsoft has done something this generation that is profound and long overdue. And I think it is 
I think it's really too bad that it has not yet been embraced by PlayStation and Nintendo. However, or Sony and Nintendo, I also understand that they only recently came out with their adaptive controller. And these are big companies and big companies don't turn like speedboats. They don't, they don't, you know, the, 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 the Batmobile shoots, shoots out its cable uh, and Michael Keaton turns the corner incredibly fast. That's not how these huge companies operate. They operate like a Star Destroyer really, really slowly. We're not talking, look, look at me mixing my metaphors, all right? These things are not quick and agile like a TIE fighter. They are slow and steady like a Star Destroyer. And because of that, it takes a long time to... <laughs> I'm not using this as a pun, but it takes a long time to adapt to changes in the marketplace. Microsoft coming out with this controller is awesome. Like, I think it's fantastic what they've done, and they should be applauded for that. Now, you ask, should Nintendo and Sony make their own versions? And my answer to that is absolutely not. They should not. What they should do instead is simply support Microsoft's version of this. Let Microsoft lead the charge on this and make sure that Microsoft's controller, their adaptive controller, works with the PlayStation and the Switch. And Steam should get in on this too. Steam should should join the, the fun and say, you know what, we've got our own controller, but we're also going to support the Microsoft adaptive controller. Everybody out there should support the Microsoft Adaptive Controller unless they can do it better. And I know everybody, you know, everybody always thinks that they can do better than somebody else. But the reason I don't want all these other ones is that these things are probably pretty expensive. I don't know how much they cost off the top of my head, but I would guess that buying stuff for one of these or buying one of these and the uh, necessary extensions, I guess is the word, would be pretty, it would be a pretty penny. And if that's only supported on one system and you have to buy another one for another system, that's terrible. That is terrible. It, it, it makes it prohibitively expensive. And that means that people would be locked into one system. So maybe you you decided that you wanted to start on the PlayStation first and PlayStation makes an adaptive controller and you spend all your money on that. Awesome. But then you decide, well, you know what? I want to check out these Xbox games as well or these Switch games as well. And now you have to buy a bunch of uh, peripherals and uh, stuff for the adaptive controllers for those systems as well. Now you've got just a mess of wires everywhere and finding the right thing to plug into the right thing because they all used proprietary plugs. Oh my God, that just sounds like a nightmare. And people who need these controllers, they already have a hard enough time being having access to the same games that we can all enjoy. They shouldn't have to be given an extra hoop to jump through with adaptive controllers. So I think that Microsoft has done an amazing thing, and I personally applaud them. And I hope that what happens is all of the other 
hardware manufacturers or platform manufacturers, I hope they all rush to support the Microsoft Adaptive Controller if for no other reason than developing their own would be very expensive. Um, I, I think that it it's the kind of, like the thing in that ad was amazing. Like the dad said, how did he phrase it? He said, he's not different when he's playing the game. And that was like really important to him. And I thought that that was an amazing message from Microsoft. And honestly, I watched the Super Bowl. I don't care about sports really, but I watched the Super Bowl hoping to see a Star Wars preview. And I think that that was probably the best commercial. You know, obviously it wasn't the funniest commercial because there were some funny commercials, but that was the commercial that I saw that, that, you know, kind of tugged at my heartstrings the most. I felt like that's a company that gets it. And yeah, you know, they're a publicly traded company. They're doing this to make money. And I understand, you know, they're trying to monetize a market out there that right now is almost unmonetizable. Uh, so they are building something to help them monetize the market. Yeah, they're doing it for corporate, you know, money reasons. But just because something is done in, you know, to make money doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I don't know why I got off on this tangent, but all I can say is kudos to Microsoft. Keep up the good work. And Nintendo, Sony, Valve, uh, Apple, everybody, just support the Microsoft controller because it's best for everyone, in, in, in my opinion. That's the best move. Thanks for writing in, calling in. I keep saying calling in or writing in when I mean to say calling in. Oh, man. Whatever. All right, thanks. Hey, Run Jump Stomp. So in previous episodes of Nintendo Switchcraft, I've heard you talk a lot about Diablo 3 and how much the game has been a big impact on you and how much you like it. Um, I was wondering if you by any chance ever played Path of Exile. I've heard that a lot of people that like Diablo uh, have played Path of Exile and I was wondering what your thoughts were on that game. Uh, just because I know you're a huge Diablo fan, so I wanted to know if you have an experience with Path of Exile. Thanks. You are absolutely right. I am a huge fan of Diablo, and I have talked about that quite a bit on um, on my, my other podcast, Nintendo Switchcraft. I played so much Diablo on PC when it first came out, and really the only reason that I stopped playing Diablo 3 be, was because I went for a run with my daughter and I tripped and fell and I broke my left elbow and I could not play at the PC for months and months and months. And even today, and that was five years ago, I think that it happened. And even today, it hurts for me to play PC games because I have to rotate my left arm in such a way to hit the WASD that it's just not comfortable. Um... So I was really excited when Diablo 3 came to PS4 and I played that a bunch. And then now that it's on Switch, uh, I feel like that's the definitive version. Uh, being able to take it with you if you want. It works really well using the Joy-Cons. Although, of course, I, might, I still do prefer the Pro Controller. And honestly, I think that uh, using a controller uh, improves Diablo 3 a ridiculous amount. But that's not what you wrote in about, you or called in about. You called in asking about Path of Exile. And for those of you who have not played it, it is basically... I know, Okay, so here's how I'll preface this. There's Diablo 1, 
an amazing game. Diablo 2, also supposedly an amazing game, which I've never played. Then Path of Exile and Diablo 3 kind of came out at the same time. And the people who really, really loved Diablo 1 and Diablo 2, they probably gravitated more towards Path of Exile than Diablo 3. Because Diablo 3 differed in a lot of ways. Um, Path of Exile was a lot more like Diablo 2. Like if you made a big Venn diagram of the features of uh, the all the Diablo games and Path of Exile, there would be a lot more overlap with the original Diablo games and Path of Exile than there would be with Diablo 3. And that's fine. I, I really did enjoy the time that I spent playing Path of Exile. Um, and if you've not checked it out and you have a PC, you owe it to yourself to try it because it is a free game. And it's extremely well done. Uh, the monetization model that the developers who... I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head. But the, the monetization model that the developers used in Path of Exile is one that I absolutely adore. It's, it's, you can play the entire game for free if you want. Which is fantastic. And if you want to support the development then you can buy cosmetic things that have no effect on the gameplay. That's the kind of stuff that I really, really like. And the more companies that understand that this is a really good way to, um, to monetize your game, because it gets the game in the hands of, of a lot of players. And if you really believe that you've made a really good game, then getting your hands into your game into the hands of a lot of players is exceedingly important to do. Because if your game is good, then it will be supported by players. Players will buy cosmetic stuff for your game if it's a really good game. And you don't have to tie it to gameplay stuff. I think that. Uh, and when Path of Exile came out, it was kind of at the forefront of this microtransaction monetization model that didn't influence gameplay in any way. And I really appreciate that. That being said, there are some problems with the game. Um, most, the, honestly, the biggest thing is it is just too overwhelming to somebody who doesn't do research ahead of time. I want you to pause the podcast here in a second, and I want you to just go to Google, and I want you to type into Google Path of Exile Skill Tree, and uh, then come back after you see the image that comes up, and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. Path of Exile has probably the most complicated and insane skill tree that I have ever seen in a video game. There are... I don't know if I'm exaggerating or not, but there are hundreds of nodes in it, and there are so many different branches. It's it's overwhelming how you can get around in that skill tree to try and develop your character over time. Now, if you understand the game really, really well, that's an awesome thing, because that means that there's a, a ridiculous amount of player choice, and I love player choice. But if you're like me who might be confused 
then you might want to hold off because that that is really scary. In addition to the very, very intimidating skill tree, I personally don't play video games on PC much anymore uh, as because I previously talked about when I broke my elbow, it hurts. It's it's physically painful to play video games on PC for extended periods of time. I very much prefer the controller. Now, if Path of Exile was released on uh, consoles today, I would be one of the first person in line to buy it because I think it's really cool. Um, I love the world that they have. The world is very, like the world building that they have in that game is fantastic. You are at the beginning, you are like on this ship uh, taking you to uh, basically an island and you like everybody on this island is an exile. You've been kicked out of society, basically. And there's this horrible, there's these horrible things on the island and it's got very cool magic. And uh, I love the way that the skill system or not the skill system, the um, well, yeah, the skills. I love the way that the skills work. So uh, basically you, you can have like these weapons and the weapons will have slots in them. And then you get a gem and the gem will have and I'm just going to make up because I can't remember. It's been too long since I played um, make up a spell for it. But like a gem will have like magic missile on it. So then you'll take the magic missile gem and you slot it in your weapon. And now you have access to that uh, spell in order to uh, design your character. So basically what you do is you you want to find equipment that has the right slots for it so that you can get the right gems in order to make the uh, select the spells that you want and at the same time you want to choose things from the uh, previously mentioned ridiculous skill tree to support those skills or those spells that you have selected and I think it's really really fun the the um, classes are all very unique and uh, very cool. And they also have like these events that happen quite often where I almost feel like they started the season thing because like in, in, right now in Diablo 3, they have seasons where they'll do a, a set amount of time and everybody starts at level one and you level up and see how far you can get and try and accomplish things. And that's in Diablo. And they kind of have like those same style races where you can make like seasonal characters to race and see who can get to the end or, or who can progress the farthest in the shortest amount of time. I really like that kind of thing. It, it, it gives people a reason to come back to this game over and over again. So. Again, if you are uh, unlike me and you like playing on PC games and it doesn't hurt to play on PC games, then I highly recommend you check out Path of Exile. Uh, I love the art to it. I love the gameplay. I just don't like how scary the skill tree is and the fact that it's only on PC, really. Uh, so thank you for calling in. Hello, kitty. My cat's talking to me. Uh, let's uh, let let's let's wrap up the show. Be quiet, please. Let's wrap up the show with a question. I like to ask you guys a question and see what you think about things. Um, the 
the the the new battle royale game that just came out i believe it was yesterday it's called apex legends it's on ps4 xbox one and pc um it's it's got some unique qualities to it which i think are cool and i'm definitely going to spend a little more time uh checking it out and getting to getting you know getting to know you that kind of thing but it is a free game so anybody can download it if they've got the right console or pc uh and it and because it's free to play that means that there's microtransactions now i know a lot of people get mad about microtransactions especially microtransactions in a game by electronic arts for crying out loud uh usually they c- tend to do bad things so i want to take a second and talk about the microtransactions in apex legends and then i want to get your opinions on next episode so first off uh one of the things that you can pay for is to unlock uh two characters i guess when you start the game their two characters are locked and you have to pay to get them i find that to be perfectly fine as long as those characters are not overpowered i don't know if they are or if they're not only time will tell people will figure out if they are or not and if they are overpowered then that's pay to win and that's not okay the rest of the microtransactions are much more palatable to me. Um, they they basically are loot boxes, which you can pay if you want to unlock skins and things like that. Um, the The one thing that I don't like uh, about this is the way that uh, EA has obfuscated uh, how much money you're spending because it has three different currencies. There's a crafting metals then there's legend tokens, and there's apex coins. Um, Each thing in the game, except for the two characters that uh, I mentioned before, uh, you can spend the crafting metals uh, in order to to unlock uh, those things. And how do you get the crafting metals? You get them by opening loot boxes. Uh, So you earn loot boxes by playing the game or by spending money. And as you level up, you'll get these loot boxes. Then you can take the loot boxes, open them up, and uh, you'll they'll never, ever drop duplicates, but they might give you that, that legend coin or um, the crafting metals. And then with the crafting metals, you can then try and combine to get the one thing that you want. The thing that I like the most about this is that... It's it, it seems to be just cosmetic stuff, which is fine with me. As long as it's only cosmetic stuff, then that's great. I don't care if somebody has the much cooler looking gun than me because I'm really just interested in playing the game. Uh, so now you've heard my uh my opinion on it i don't really like the loot box aspect of it i very much prefer to just spend the money and get what i want instead of spending the money that's gambling um but i i don't like the gambling and and in fact you know the more that i think about it the more i feel like this game is rated t for teen i think it should be rated m because of the loot boxes like that that is something that i would like to see happen but I'm curious as to how you guys feel about the, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The microtransactions in, 
um, no, I can't remember Apex Legends. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to uh, drop a link in the show notes that explains uh, everything about that from Kotaku. It's a good article, and it's what I read before uh, recording this. So let me know what you think, and uh, we'll play it on next episode. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. Big thank you to everybody who sent in a question, a comment, or an idea. If you want to uh, be part of the show, all you have to do is use the Anchor app, send your idea. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be about old games. It can be about new games. It can be about anything in the gaming industry. Tell me what you're excited about. Ask me questions what you want to know about. Let's talk about video games here on Run Jump Stomp. Thank you again. Use that Anchor app and be part of the show. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.